Hello, and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world 101 level. I'm your host, well-being alchemist and master energy healer, Michelle Schoenfeld, and I am thrilled for our interview today. So on this show, I very often will do segments called Share Your Story. And the person I brought in today is a woman that I have known, I've been friends with, but really kind of from a distance. Somebody who I feel like is a soul sister, but that said, we really haven't done a lot together. We've known each other for about 15 years, and I'm so excited to bring her to you today. So before I go on and on, which I could, I would like to introduce one of the Real Housewives of DC, which is honestly the least interesting thing about her. Mary Amons. So welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, Mary. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm such a fan of your show. Um, I love the episode specifically with Lolly. Ah, yes. So Lolly Amons, for those of you who are new, is Mary's daughter. And she did two amazing shows on CBD, The Health Benefits, as well as one on psilocybin and magic mushrooms. Mm Mm-hmm. Very diverse family you have there, Mary. <laughs> yes, yes, we've we've um, we've really uh, come around. Um, but I'm so proud of her. She's doing such amazing things, um, and she really has a heart for others. So this is all about a mission to um, bring um, health and wellness to others, and also healing. Because I think those um, magic mushrooms, which is what I like to call them, um, they can definitely um, enhance your transformational process and take you into a place that you wouldn't, you're into your subconscious that you would not normally go into. And of course, it needs to be very controlled and monitored um, and done, you know, in the right yes. setting. Um, it's really so wonderful how um, the millennials or even the Gen Z are like really embracing these alternative healing modalities, kind of like maybe the generation a little above us did in the 70s. Like yeah. we're Gen X, we kind of missed that a little bit. You know, we are young on the front side and, you know, now it's coming back, but in a really wonderful, positive healing way, I feel. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that um, in our generation, we understood what all that was and what it could do and the benefits of it, actually. I totally um, agree. Stigma, it was such a, it was so stigmatized that it was, you know, um, you know, hard, hard drugs, yeah. street drugs, basically. Um, but now so much research has gone into, and I think so much experimentation, um, and, and, um, well, it's legal in a lot of States there's decriminalized there's studies being done at Hopkins, NIH, Harvard medical school. I will say, um, that, you know, it really is, it's a pleasure to have you on discussing these things. Never 15 years ago, did we think we'd be talking about this? So never. And we weren't even going to talk about that now. I will just say, any of you listening, jump back into season two. That's where those episodes are with Lolly Amons. But Mary and I knew each other from the DC social scene. Yes. Pretty much every charity event, gallery opening, restaurant, magazine party. We were big on the social circuit, very mainstream, very much part of our persona, our life, our businesses at the time. And very kind of outward facing, like outward facing, again, like in the magazines, cameramen knew our names, saw each other from afar, same social circle. Wow. Have we both come a long way? Oh my goodness. Wow. 
a um, long way since the DC Housewife TV show. And it's been right. such a pleasure to watch your transformation and watch your growth and evolution as a woman and a human. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm really excited to share today because I really have gone through so much um, since people saw me on TV 11 years ago. That was 11 years ago, Michelle. Wow. Okay. To be honest, I was thinking it was even a little bit longer ago, just because Mm -hmm. where I was in my life. Um, And I don't even know if you know, I was originally recruited. Yeah. And um, my son was in a private prep school at the time and just freaked out. He's like, you can't do that. And I didn't, um, but it was still really fun to watch. Um, watch you, sure you, guys really good now. You, you really would have add some, added some en- entertainment value. I think, <laughs> I think I yeah. honestly would have loved to have done it, but I just really had to respect my son at the time. Um, yeah. But wow, it was, it was really fun to watch. And so let me ask you, Catch us up to speed just briefly. So here you are, the DC housewife, big, gorgeous home, um, security on your closet, you know, this beautiful, <laughs> right, woman just wafting in and out of everywhere in DC, going through the ups and downs of life that you mm-hmm. had to where you yeah. are now. So just kind of bring us up to speed from Bravo to now. Yeah. So just let me give you a little um, backstory, though, that will that will help sort of... Um, translate into how I've gotten to where I am right now. So when when I was approached, as you were as well, um, when I was approached to do the show, um, at first, I, first I, I had no real experience with it or understanding what it was. I think Lolly and, and the girls, my girls, um, would have marathons on primary, you know, like on weekends, and I would catch it and just be like, oh my gosh, that is crazy. But this and was new was so too. Deep. Yeah. When you signed on, it was like really a leap of faith. We didn't yeah. know about creative control. We didn't know how they splice things together. You know, yeah. we didn't know. I mean, I think it was great. I think you guys did a great job. Yeah. We well, know. I did have an understanding that I would not have any editing control and that my image and likeness yeah. would be completely tossed around at the hands of editors and producers. Um, but, you know, I did, I did have, um, and I go back to this, this is where I really first started um, understanding um, how to listen to my body and go with my gut in, de- in, de- in big decisions. And this was an enormous decision to um, put myself at risk and my family at risk by putting myself out there. Huge. And so, yeah, it was huge. And, and you're a mom uh, of five kids. You were married uh, at the time, right? I was yeah. married at the time. And um, our marriage had been waning for quite a while. And um I was trying to, and at the time I was, uh, I was knee deep in uh, my charity work that, and I started a charity called Labels for Love back in 2006. And that was really one of the real uh, reasons that I did the show is I wanted to expose my charity on a national level and grow Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Look how well it did for a lot of people, right? Yeah. It really well, launched careers. Yes, it, it, it did. And, um, and so, and I thought I would, I thought I would have this, fabulous storyline of charity work in DC. And my grandfather's um, a well-known, he was one of the pioneers of radio and television, which they liked. And then also my dad was was uh, a lobbyist in, in um, Washington and was one of the pioneers of the cable business. So they loved my political ties. Because, you know, if you remember, there was, they couldn't find anyone to do the show that was really involved in politics because no. they couldn't do it. They wanted to, I mean, people in politics want to keep their Exactly. Private. Right. Anyway, um, as I said, my marriage was really on the rocks. Um, and 
I have always wanted to be an actress and I studied acting um, uh, in my 30s and my sister's an actress. So it really was my, I felt like it was, it was an opportunity to take a leap and Absolutely. my own pr- platform and everything. So, and one of the main reasons was I knew I needed to get into a position where I was going to make some money because I knew my marriage was going to be taking a different direction. And so um, I went to my father, who is, you know, basically my my mentor hero, and um, he's a lawyer also in the in the cable business. Okay, wow. And he thought I was bananas for even. <laughs> um, but I I did I convinced him. I said, Dad, you know, um, a this is a great opportunity. I don't think that reality shows are working in D.C. I just don't think that that has the place. Um, the the backdrop for reality television because everyone's so private and locked up um, and and polite like most people right. are so polite so there I, I think that there was um, there was lacking in in development of the show so I, I also knew that that was an opportunity to do it once and Absolutely. have springboard off of that and do whatever it is that I wanted to do I'm I'm a designer I'm a creative so I had all these yeah. ideas. And, and visions for that. What a um, wonderful springboard, to be honest, though, to learn on somebody else's dime, right? Yeah. Yes. It paid, but you also get to learn and experiment on somebody else's dime. It's great because I know we'll get to later, maybe that you have other projects coming up. I'm right. sure you learned a lot from that. I, sure I always did. Say stories in our past are really amazing chapters that if they don't make sense at the time, will make sense later. Yeah. They will. It was, it was a surreal experience, I have to say, to have um to see yourself not in the mirror but on tv being yourself like they captured me in my real life so for me it was a very surreal experience an eye-opening experience to what i look like from the outside right when we look in the mirror we we see an image but if you see yourself either in a picture or on camera but if you're in yourself in your in your in your day-to-day life it is it's, it's really surreal to, to have that opportunity. So it, it opened my eyes a lot to myself, which, um, which was a, a bonus that I didn't expect. And um, it, it led me into, um, I think, em- fe- feeling the need and the, and the drive to really empower myself and to figure out what I was going to do with this that made sense. And I knew that, that I could be very vulnerable to a lot of um, self-promotion and nonsense that that would, you know, I think derail the whole purpose that I was doing. And I was really, truly, authentically doing this for for real reasons, truth, like to find my truth, to help people, um, to build a platform that would that would make a difference in the world. And um, I think that's wonderful, Mary. And you know, I will be on, honest. Um, I try to be as honest and, uh, and full, likely transparent with mm-hmm. my audience as much as possible. I can't say that that is really why I was interested in it because I would like to say that I would like to say that, but I wasn't an self-aware enough at that time that I could say those things. I was so reliant on outside forces for my validation and for my self-esteem that I was like, oh, this would be great. It'll make me feel good. It'll make me feel important. It'll help my business. You know, I had a new med spot at the time. It'll, mm-hmm. like, I was looking at it probably for reasons of self-promotion 
because I didn't have it inside me yet that like self-love or that, um, knowing that I didn't need that outside validation to say that I was good enough or that I was worthy. So I bravo to you um, on a lot of levels that you were already self-aware to know that this was a great platform for you to do your charity and to really kind of learn about who you are. And I, I really, I actually, um, worried a bit about the notoriety and the exposure and, and, um, the lack of privacy and the criticism, the bashing. And, you know, I ended up getting a lot of that, not a whole lot, but I mean, if you're putting yourself out there as yourself, people are going to, people are going to be mean because they're miserable themselves. Yes. I had to just kind of put my earmuffs on to all of that. Um, but I, I really did find that. Um, oh, and there was a, a little quick story of, of, how true to myself I, I was, I was really intending to be. Um, because frankly, I'm not that, you know, I don't, I, I don't have this crazy life. So for them to have wanted me, I was like, <laughs> what am I going to bring to TV? I guess I have, I have five kids and a busy life and this and that, but you know, and I'm also an actress, but if but you also, want me- you don't see your life, like none of us do. Yeah. Not, I shouldn't say none of us. A lot of us, most people do not see their life as extraordinary because it's their life. But the truth is so many of us are leading extraordinary lives. Even if somebody lives alone and they don't have children, they're not wealthy, they're not on TV. They might still have an extraordinary life to somebody else, but you don't ever see what the outside world really sees of yourself. So to you, you're like, okay, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a philanthropist, I have five kids, but nothing I'm doing is that wow that it's worth watching on TV. Meanwhile, so many people around the world in the country are like, oh my gosh, this woman is amazing. Or how does she have five kids? How does she run a business? How does she have time for a charity? Like I have friends with two, I have two kids. I could barely handle two kids. I can't imagine five kids. So to me, that's extraordinary. Never yeah. mind. You're an incredibly talented creative. I've seen your work. It's phenomenal. Thank you. And every time I saw you out, you had a smile on your face, regardless of what was going on in your personal life. Yes. Well, I was good at that. Yeah. Really good at putting on a big smiley face and pretty dress and a lot of makeup. Um, But your smile always came across as authentic, to be honest. Even if you were sad or going through tough times, you could tell immediately that you were an authentic person. That's how I felt because the eyes don't lie. Right. The eyes don't lie. And I think that was part of the, I think that was part of the attraction of being out and, um, and visible. And I was promoting my charity work and, and really trying to get support that and, you know, and being out like that, but I am, I am, I am an extrovert to the hilt. And so for me being out and, and socializing and networking and talking to people and getting to know them, I love to hear people's stories like you do. I, I, I get so fired up about people and who they are and what their stories are so fascinated. And, um, and so for me, it was, it was almost like I did have some insecurities about taking that leap of going on TV because I didn't want to be misconstrued or misunderstood about my intentions. I mean, my, my intentions were really pure and I, I knew that it was a big imposition on my family. That was one thing that I also struggled with. Um, but I knew I just had a really strong gut that this was going to be a one and done. 
and that I would, I would come out shining. And I did, frankly, I did. And I'm so thankful. And there was, you know, producers messed with us a little bit, me and it's their job. They have to get ratings, you know, and they they had to bring entertainment to the, to the television. So, so let me, um, let's jump ahead a little bit because really what I was, you know, that's your backstory. And it's important for people to know that who don't know you, because to me, it really shows how beautiful this evolution is. So this is where you were 11 years ago, right? And we're not living in the past, the past, the past. We are, we are now new energy. You are so sparkly and bright, like even more than you ever were in the past, which is because I think you've come into yourself. You're finding that true alignment with source alignment with yourself. And I would love you to talk about that a little bit um, because you've shared with me privately a little bit, your mm-hmm. deepening connection to creator, to mm-hmm. God, to this, like that there's something more there. Yeah. And so maybe tell us what the pivotal point was that tipping point. Mm-hmm. And then I'd love to hear more about your connection, that deepening connection that you feel now. Yeah. So um, like I shared with you, I have, I have been, a believer in God my whole entire life. I mean, I grew up in a very strong Christian home. Um, my dad was Catholic and my mother was Episcopalian, but then converted to be a Catholic. And then our neighbor in the back and in, in back of us when I was growing up um, was a born again Christian. So my mother became a born again Christian when I was about seven years old. Wow. And she would take me to these evangelical services where the pastor was laying hands, people were falling down, people were delivered, you know, all of this stuff. And I I was so, I was exposed to this at such a young age and Bible studies and Bible schools and all of that. So I really have grown up um, as a Christian and I'm so grateful to, to have my own path to, to God through what I believe, you know, like Jesus and the Holy spirit are my guides, you know, and, um, and so what, what I'd say is that I've had it all along, but I never was deeply connected to the power of God within me. It was always this like outer space, kind of far away, praying in your head, kind of not very intimate connection to God. And um. I just think through different experiences, different, um, different struggles. Uh, I have, I have just had nowhere else to go, but to God. And so I've, I've done a lot of soul searching, especially in the last, I'd say 10 years. Um, and I've done some other transformational work, you know, right, right. As I was getting divorced, I was, I was sort of like feeding myself with whatever I could do to feel better and, 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 you know, not feel guilty that I was making this decision to, to get divorced and, um, and, you know, going to seminars and, and also going to, I went to a, uh, a parenting course in Denver, Colorado to how to deal with teenagers going as you're going through a divorce. <laughs> wow. Bravo. I, was just, I was desperate to fill myself and educate myself on how to be better, how to better myself and, and, um, and handle this in the best way I could. And so what it did is it, I just started learning about different, um, different aspects of spirituality that opened my eyes to something way bigger than just 
the Bible and the Bible is my, is my go-to word. My, my, basically it's my textbook for how to live. Um, but opening my eyes to a much bigger, um, bigger view, larger view of God and who he is and how personal he is and how, um, how in control of everything he is. And if I, if I tap into that, um, that and streamline myself and open the channels to a direct connection to God by just throwing myself in and, and learning and understanding what it, what it takes to deepen my relationship with God. It just started, it just, I started to get really, um, it, it was hard. I will tell you that there were moments where I, I was on my face broken because I had, um, I've dealt it's with interesting how we have to sometimes be at our bottom, be broken mm-hmm. down to be built back up. Oh yes. You know, and I've been there several times in my life, like big time where a I'm, lot of times healers and light workers do go through that. You know, I'm yeah. sure you know that you fit into that category, right? The spiritual yes. Yes. light around you. And we go through these amazing transformations that don't always feel good for sure, but boy, do they give us empathy and perspective and depth right. and healing. Right. And a lot of times on the show, I talk about connection to source energy. So what Mary's saying right now, her connection to God and not only like external God, but within her is Mm -hmm. another way of saying source energy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can, we're human beings. We can put a name to it. Right. Whatever you're comfortable with as you're listening to this. Exactly. But I love how Mary talks about her connection with God. And that was another reason I wanted to have you on the show because very often we're talking about you know, spirit guides. Okay. Spirit guides, guardian angels. What do you want to call it? Right. God, universe, divine, you know, there's so many different names, but I like how comfortable you are with spirituality, with this type of healing and energy work and personal development and your strong connection to God. Yes. Well, I think God, what I've, what I've come to understand is God is so much bigger than we understand. Like we can't, we can't just slap labels on things. We really exactly. can't for our own human understanding. We have to, to, to put names to things, but I think just on a, on a much bigger level, we have, um, we have a creator and a God that we, we have, we're just like these little minute little things, but you know, we have, we have the gift of having a direct spiritual connection to our creator. Um, and, and to me, that is such, um, such an opportunity to, um, to use that, to use that energy, that source, that, that spiritual gift to, um, understand ourselves and, and really heal ourselves. And that's what I'm in the process of doing right now. I mean, I mean, it's a lifelong process, right? Right. It's never done. Yeah. It's never done. Um, but it's wonderful. Uh, so I feel like in the last two, three, maybe four years, but definitely the last couple of years, I've seen a rapid transformation in you. And I wow. think that's also what led us back to each other yeah. is coming kind of full circle. Would you um, share with us, was there a moment that really kind of accelerated this healing process or this growth process? Um, would you agree that you feel like there's been a more yeah. recent, an, a level of ascension for you, okay. like an, an upgrade. 
Oh yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. And so much of it has to do with what I see in the mirror now, and how I really had these blinders on to myself. And um, and I've had moments in my life where I've, like I said, I've been on my face in the mirror, in my eyeballs, in my soul, just broken and and desperate. You know, desperate to find my truth inside and shed all of this BS that. Mm-hmm. that I was, that I was surrounding myself with and distracting myself. I mean, I, I, I had, um, I love taking care of people. I love serving. I'm a Virgo and I'm a mother and I'm the oldest of seven kids. And my mother was having babies at the same time I was when I was started, she was ending. Wow. So we had children together. My mom and I have daughters at this, that are the same age. And so I then ended up being so much part of my mom's world of caretaking and meal planning and cooking. And my mom, you know, my mom had seven and I just started. So I was really like her right-hand person. And yeah, we she's lived still your mom. yeah, she's still my mom. And I, and, um, but she was so overwhelmed, um, that I was there as her, as her little helper. But I, my point is, is that in my, in my um, growth process and transformational process, I've really come to understand that I have allowed myself to be very distracted by taking care of others, which is an avoidance tactic to, to look at myself and deal with myself Absolutely. and be by myself. And, not even, and I, had no, I really had no understanding that I was doing that. I just thought it was, you know, and it is my authentic self to serve, but I didn't have any clue about how neglectful I was being to myself. So you've talked about mirrored behaviors in your own healing journey. Yes. Yeah. So my elaborate mom. a little bit on that. So your mom. Yeah. yeah my mom um, had a pretty traumatic childhood. She was abused as a child sexually by a family member and um, pretty badly at a, at a very vulnerable age. And, um, and so she, she's walked around in with a, a jacket of shame on her, her whole life. And because I'm the oldest and because I'm a caregiver and because I'm her, I'm, I'm a helper just by nature. Um, I think I ended up mirroring so much of her behaviors and, um, and um, view of herself basically as this bad person or not capable or, um, just feeling like it was, everything was her fault. Always. She's always right. been so apologetic, like, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, um, and so I've, I've done that. I, I, I realized that I was mirroring her tremendously and I got into some therapy back, you know, I mean, I was in seven years of, of pretty regular counseling during my like late thirties, early forties, I did it for about seven years. This is so important to bring up, um, for mental health awareness, because, you know, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of awareness out there for abuse in abusers, right? That, uh, a father who abuses his children, then that son abuses his children and then so on and so on the cycle of abuse. You and I have both been involved in domestic violence charities as well. And there's a lot about that. There's a lot in the media about that. But yeah. there isn't always a lot. Of, I just got goosebumps, actually. 
Mm. So it's really important we're talking about that. That means there's a lot of people right now that need to hear this. Yes. The same thing happens to victims. Yeah. Is that we can pass along that trauma. Oh my God, my whole body is tingly right now. Yeah. Um, we can pass along that trauma. And for you, you know, it's coming from your mom. Some of that was on to you, possibly your children as well. Who knows how far back it goes before your mom even. So there's things about generational trauma, right? Healing generational trauma, healing ancestral trauma is yeah. going back. I've done shows on that. There's a lot of therapists out there who work on it. We won't talk about that today, but just That's know <laughs> if anybody's listening and you want to know about that, yeah. Google it, contact me, whatever, know that there is help. There are healing modalities to help break that cycle and heal trauma that is in the past. There is ways to do that. But so back to you and your mom, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because a lot of people don't talk about it and you're right. They have shame in their stomach. It manifests in all sorts of health issues. It manifests in the way that we treat relationships with other people. So the relationships you had with your husband at the time or other relationships or your children are things that didn't even happen to you. And most likely that you weren't even aware of because there were things that your mom had gone through that had been passed along. Yeah of no fault of hers. It just is the way it is. And right. so it is really important that you're talking about this because a lot of people just don't want to, a lot of families don't talk about it. There's like, no, it's okay. It's just okay. Yeah. You know? And we well, don't want to always bring up the past, but you have to heal it. You have yeah, to heal it to let it go. People, I don't think people have any really awareness or understanding that it, that it exists. I mean, it has to exist. It you exists. are, you are, you are modeled by your parents and whatever they came from was modeled by their parents and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so um, it's just and how we human- express love. Yeah, exactly. How we express and love. Mm-hmm. How we express love. Exactly. And how we connect with each other and how we, um, how we treat each other. And I mean, it's, it's, there's That's so true. many aspects to yeah. it. Um, just even your communication styles are, are modeled by your parents and how your parents spoke to one another and how absolutely that's what you learned. And that's how it, that's how you carry it forward unconsciously. It's all, it's all just behavior. And if you can, um, if you can recognize and, and understand that it's absolutely a, a, almost a fact that you're going to model a bunch of behavior that came from your parents, um, then there's like a whole, there's a whole unpacking of, of goodness that you can figure out how to, how to shed all of that, recognize it. And one of the key components to all of that is forgiveness. Absolutely. And and, um, my, my parents were the greatest parents, but they caused me a lot of trauma. That's just the human condition. Like I had trauma from them and I'm not mad about it because I don't, that was never intentional. It's just right. that I, I had moments where I was really suffering and, um, and wasn't even aware that it was traumatic at the right. time. And then you find yourself with your own children and your own relationship issues. And yeah. then like trying to realize the role that you yeah. play, the role that yeah. we all play in our yeah. relationships, how much yeah. of it is our own baggage and how much of it is transferred baggage. Right. So, okay. So you started becoming aware of this Yes. and then healing this. And then in the last couple of years, I've had kind of this explosion of love, light, healing. Yes. 
So in the last (laughs) last year, yes. In in the last year and a half. And it just is, it's just God. I don't believe in accidents. It's just, you know, the timing is, is, is all aligned. And um, a friend of mine uh, in Dallas is she's, I have, I, I, I've never really known her very well. I've known her. Like I know you just like in social settings and, you know, I could call her and say, Hey, Abby, let's go, you know, let's, let's meet up if you're going to this event or something like that. But we didn't have any real close connection. Anyway, we're, we're friends on Facebook and, um, I hadn't seen her in a while, like on Facebook, not very active. And, um, I had just moved back to DC from living in Dallas in two years, which was also extremely challenging, um, on many levels, um, primarily because I had never, I've never, I've never lived away. This is before I lived in Dallas. I'd never lived outside of my own zip code that I was raised in. Wow. Never. Wow. Well, you know, good for you. Kudos for putting yourself and pushing yourself, I should say, out of your comfort zone and trying something new. Yeah. And it was this unbelievable experience of just falling off a cliff and just trusting that I was going to be okay and doing the right thing. And it ended up being, there's a lot of good stuff that, that, that transpired while I was there for two years, but overall it was such a challenge. And I started to just lose myself completely and lose who I was and what my purpose was. And even I'm sure I was suffering from depression and anxiety. And, you know, I had lost just about everything. And I, you know, in our divorce, it ended up that the, the, the house of cards fell basically. Right. Um, and you know, I had yourself in the middle of your life where it should start to get easier and easier starting from scratch. Right. And I thought I had this idea that I could just pick up and leave and go and do my interior design work in another city. And, you know, it it wouldn't be a big deal. Well, that didn't happen. That was too, that was, and in Dallas, Texas, it's almost impossible to be an interior designer if you're not from there. But anyway, um, I had just moved back. This, this is January of, of 20. So COVID was just not even a thing really. Yes. And, um, I moved back and, uh, one of the reasons is my dad had some health problems and I, and my mom had just retired as a nurse. So I, um, I just felt like I needed to go home and reset. I just, I just had this gnawing inside of me that I, I just, it was going to be, it was going to be a really good thing if I just went home and reset myself and take care of my dad and f- basically figure out what the heck I was doing in my life. <laughs> you know, I just was very lost. So um, I was on Facebook one afternoon. This is in like, I think in the spring, right as COVID was being like, right as COVID was starting. Um, uh, Anyway, my friend, Abby Farron, who's a fashion designer, she was on Facebook and she was doing a live. I just happened to just pick it up and be like, oh my gosh, there's Abby. I haven't seen Abby in like two years. And She was on in some in Colorado on some Indian reservation and talking about her transformation and how um, she's connected with this woman, Susie Batiz. And this woman has a story. She was uh, she was bankrupt twice, had two divorces, 
you know, suicidal, all the story, but now she's, now she's on Forbes list as one of the wealthiest self-made women. Susie Batiz. Susie Batiz. Yeah. And, and so she's the founder of Poopery, right? <laughs> the founder of Poopery. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Abby, Abby decided to close down her fashion line. She too had like run herself ragged um, and um, went to Machu Picchu, had a whole, whole like transformational um, experience in Peru and was working with a shaman and did some ceremonies. And like, she, she, all of a sudden she was like, uh, her eyes were opening. Anyway, long story short is um, Abby shut down her business to work with Susie to launch this transformational program that, um, and Susie, she and Susie are very connected spiritually. So anyway, she was telling us about this, how, um, you know, there were like 10 more days to sign up for this, this transformational program all online. Susie, um, Susie meets with you, like has a call Thursdays, you meet, you go into mentor groups. There's all this deep diving. And I was like, sign me up. This is resonated. (laughs) Exactly. It totally resonated with me. And, um, anyway, long story short is I, I signed up and I've never looked back and I've done four rounds with Susie and it's, it's, it's opened my eyes. Like you cannot believe Michelle. And we ran into each other last year. And, um, just even since then I've, I've learned so much more about myself and my truth and, um, and how to live in a, in a, in alignment with my truth and how to, um, how to really shed so much pain and trauma. And, um, and also just be alive. Like it's like the course is called alive OS. And I'm telling you, I, I feel more alive today than I ever have in my entire life. It's being in the moment. It's being in true alignment with yourself, who yourself really is and releasing that self-judgment relief, releasing the judgment of others. And I, this is what I do in Turkey, right? This is what I kind of left here, sold my business, got divorced. Very similar story. A lot of us in this arena of personal development have gone through these major transformations and then find our role is helping other people. Yeah. So it's exactly what I love doing. And when I ran into you at our mutual friend, Maggie O'Neill's birthday, yeah. um, last August, I believe yeah. I saw a different Mary Amons, a totally different Mary Amons. And you've always been beautiful. Wonderful. That's not th- the story. It was a different light radiating from you. Oh, and, that makes so good. Yeah. And you came up to me and you're like, I want to, you know, connect with you. I see what you're yeah. doing. And I felt, um, I was like, this is a beautiful little light worker who's waking up and a sponge right now for all this, because you're remembering. It's not that you need to learn. Nobody needs to learn this. It's remembering. It's remembering who we really are, what we were born to do, our true authentic self. We're all little babies born into this love and light and happy, right? Little kids will play with anybody and do anything. And then we have the outside forces throughout our life that kind of mold us into these certain ways. But Mm -hmm. our true authentic spirit, our source energy, our God energy, whatever you want to call it, is to be of love and light and service and really um, follow our own beats. Like as cliche as that sounds, it's true. Like we're supposed to be unique and different and we're not supposed to fit into molds. We're supposed to shine our light in our unique way, in a way that's authentic to our our heart and our source. 
And that's when we truly feel alive, right? When we're in alignment with who we really are. So I saw that in you and I was like, oh my gosh. So now fast forward another year, there's a strength there now. So you had that eager light a year ago and now seeing you a year later, I see a depth of strength. Yes. Something I've never connected with uh, authentically. Like I, I always thought, I always thought that I was, I've always known that I've been super creative and talented in, in, in design and, and aesthetic and, um, having things make sense and look good, but I never knew that I had really good business sense actually, because I've never, I've never really been, you know, that interested in it. Um, but now that I'm, that I'm really waking up to myself and my, and my truth, I see a whole new chapter of opportunity to really make an impact for myself, for my kids, for my family, for the world. Like I am so charged up to evolve, keep evolving and staying awake and staying in tune with, um, with what really is supposed to be for me. Like I've, I think I've just been so programmed and so, um, so not in tune with myself and not, and not embracing myself. Um, and it's, I can tell you that it's, there's such freedom in, in letting go of all of the garbage that we carry around and packs on our backs, you know, and inside. And as you, as you transform, as you, because the inside of us is really a reflection on the outside. And that I think is your, I know it's what you're seeing in me and you, and I'm seeing in you is that, um, is that when you really shed those layers, those onion peels and bring them back and open yourself to the truth of why your spirit is here in this body, in this place, um, in this family, in this situation. Um, there's such an incredible, um, sense of empowerment and freedom in, in, in experiencing that. And and it's like an addiction almost like you just (laughs) You just want to, you just want to get more and more in touch. Like it's yeah, the law of attraction too. what you focus on expands. So positive attracts positive, good feelings, attract good feelings. Once you start tapping in, you're like, I want more of that. Yes, please. I want more, you know, and I'm sure you also, it's human nature. We go out of alignment sometimes. Right. And so when you fall out of alignment, it doesn't feel good. I start noticing there's a pile of laundry or there's like the dishes in the sink. And I start looking at myself and feeling like just not. I just don't like what I see. Yeah. And I look around my house and I notice there's little piles here and little, I'm like, ah, you're out of alignment. It's time to get yourself back into alignment, especially during the pandemic. It's been a challenge for a lot of people during the pandemic because our routines have changed, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of things have changed for people. So yeah, when you're in alignment, it looks good and it feels good. And you're looking good, Miss Mary Amons. Thank you so much. I feel good too. And I'm, I'm about 12 pounds heavier than I was 10 years ago, but. <laughs> I feel the same way right now. I feel like puffier, but I can tell you a heck of a lot happier. Oh yeah. I feel lighter. I, I do. I feel lighter inside. I feel my eyes are brighter. Um, they are. I, I see pictures of myself from like, well, I'd, I'd say one of my hardest points was from like 2017 through 19. 
And oh. I had just lost one of my best friends in life. Um, he passed away. And then I moved and I just kind of yeah. left and um, right. checked out. I, I did. I did. And, and I felt like I wanted to in a way, but I also felt like I wasn't, I wasn't prepared enough within myself to be able to face the challenges that I had in front of me because moving period is challenging and yes. re, re, reestablishing yourself somewhere is challenging. And I just think what I've also realized, this is another big light bulb thing that's gone off in my head is that, um, I've never had to rely on myself. Like I really haven't. I've always had someone there next to me taking care of things. My dad, my husband, a boyfriend, whatever. I've always had someone that I've just sort of hung on for relying on my, some of my needs. And a lot of it was, um, a strong sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. Like you should be taking care of me and why aren't you? Um, but why, why I wasn't taking care of myself. So I didn't have any real strong basis for what I needed as a, as a person or a partner. Um, so I think that that's one of the main things that I've really discovered in myself is that I can do, I can, I can sustain myself. I can. And I had such fear about it. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to, I've never dealt with a budget before. I've never, I've never known what it's like to really understand the value of money, like in, in a really deep way. Um, I lived, I've lived in, cause my mother has this, uh, scarcity mentality mm -hmm. is the way she grew up. She grew up in uh, the lap of luxury. Cause she was this daughter of a very famous man and had servants for dinner and all of that. And, um, and then married my dad, who was, you know, a very hardworking guy, but she's been used to a, a lifestyle. She had been used to a lifestyle where she didn't have to lift a finger or do anything, even though she has, like, she's very, very hardworking. She's a nurse and she's a mother, but that was not like, she's, I think I get that sense of entitlement from her. Like she gets what she wants. And, um, and, you know, just assumes that someone's going to get it for her in a way. You know, it's interesting listening to you. Um, I come from the opposite, was yeah. always relying on myself. Now, granted, yes, I was in a long-term marriage, but I still, until then and all through then, was always very much making sure that I could still take care of myself. Doesn't mean I wasn't scared. I was so terrified to leave because of uh, disparity in income situations, which a lot of women are but I always had to rely on myself that I didn't have the confidence to assume that anybody would take care of me. So I would actually settle for a lot less than my value. I didn't know my value. Like yeah. we're opposite ends of the spectrum of that. Like I under budgeted my value, whether it was asking for money raises in a, jobs before I own my own business, or even now negotiating contracts. Sometimes I have to remind myself of my value because yeah. I was coming from a place so I had that little handicap, I guess, and you had the little handicap in the opposite way, but it's like, I'm almost envious of that sometimes. It's like demanding it. Cause it's amazing what you get when you do demand it, when you know your yeah. worth, you know? Yeah. So you had to learn a lesson in a flip side. I had to learn the lesson on a flip side. 
Yeah. Well, in my yeah. case, it wasn't necessarily demanding. It was assuming. Well, I mean, in a good, you, I mean, command, not demand, command, yeah. like demanded a certain amount yeah. of whatever it was of respect of being taken care of, of things working out. Yeah. Where I, assumed that that it, I, not, I, I was not educated in this. I didn't educate myself. I've never had that, that period of time in, in, um, in your twenties where you go off and you, you live by yourself and you fall on your face and you pick yourself up and you learn how to pay your bills and all of that. I didn't have that. I, I, I just started playing house with my husband and he, fortunately he was able to, you know, he worked with my dad and my dad made sure that we were okay. And then I worked for my dad while I was raising uh, my first three kids. I ran his charity, but um, so, which I'm so grateful because I developed so many skills in, in doing that. I was an executive director of my dad's um, foundation that raised money for the cancer center at Georgetown. Wonderful. I did a, a golf and tennis tournament event. That's where I learned how to do events. That's where I learned to raise money. And I learned to work with dignitaries and celebrities and uh, ask for money. I mean, it really, it really was a gift that my dad gave us, uh, gave me, but um, going on to this money thing, let me just jump in here. And I know some of my listeners hate when I interrupt. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. <laughs> There's also a little delay, I think, with the Zoom and I'm watching you. Um, because I do want to talk about this Susie Batiste, this Alive program a little bit mm-hmm. because you did touch on it. And now you're talking about money and fundraising. And you had shared with me one of the modules or one of the programs that you did had to do with abundance. Mm-hmm. And I think people always like when they listen to the show um, to have something to take away, something that they're learning. Yeah. So- would you mind maybe sharing that part with the audience a little bit? Yes. Well, I learned through doing that course um, and, and understanding the principle of abundance that I was living in a complete scarcity lack mindset. I was scared to death that I was going to lose everything and I'd be homeless. I, was, I literally have had those thoughts. Like what, what, what would I do if I didn't have someone next to me taking care of me? How would I manage myself? That's how, that's how far out I was with, with myself and my ability to support myself with confidence, even though I had done it, you know, after my divorce, I ended up, I ended up, um, you know, I, I had my business and I was running my business and that was keeping, I mean, I was doing very well. I was driving Mercedes. I was, you know, had a really nice house. Um, but I didn't have the mindset that I, that I was enough. That's a huge part of it is that I'm enough and that, that I have everything within me to take care of myself. And I had no connection or understanding of that and what that meant. So in that course, I learned that I am enough and that I am smart. I have gifts and I have value and my time is valuable. My talents are valuable and I shouldn't be apologizing or taking less than what I believe that I'm worth. And so there was this whole eye-opening experience for me where I really have come to, to come to understand that um, I had a little bit of a hoarder mentality too, which is strange and not like in a, in a, in a really psychologically ill way, but as far as like things and connecting to things and hanging on to things, 
my whole mindset was what was like, well, why would I give this up? Because I might need it someday. (laughs) Same here. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Same. And, and frankly, actually, Michelle, there is a balance there because in my family, we have, it's, it's this funny joke that I've started because my mother is what's called what I call her. She's a chucker. She just chucks stuff. She just gets rid of it. She's like, get rid of it. I don't, I don't need two of these spoons. Get rid of it. I'm like, mom, wait, we have a, we have a big family. We might need that with Thanksgiving or, you know, she's like, just get rid of it. And my, my three sisters are all the same way, but I'm not, I'm more like my father. My father is like, keeps all his papers and thinks, you know, thinks that he's going to go and organize it someday. And, you know, clothes that don't even fit him that he's had for years and years, all that. But in my case, I, I think because I've had, I've just assumed and had, and then I don't have anymore. I don't have the ability to just go buy, you know, a couple of pairs of Gucci shoes at Neiman's. And I did before. Um, I don't want to get rid of those Gucci's, even though they hurt me so badly and I can't wear them anymore. You know, it's like, but I'll never get them again is this mentality that yeah. keeps you stuck. And the principle is that it keeps you stuck in that place of disbelief. And so if you disbelieve in your abilities to soar for yourself, I mean, the other thing is, the other part of that is, is that you really need to be finding out whether you're doing whatever it is that, that is keeping you going financially, that you really love it. Like you need to find something that really lights you up to, um, to live in a real confident state of abundance. Is that part of the course as well? Does it help you kind of find that? Helps you figure out if you're in the right place. Um, if you're, if you're in, you know, if you're in the right position, if you're even, charging enough, making enough, like so many people that I was, was exposed to in that course did like drastic job changes. And then all of a sudden, or started their businesses, um, because they were, they were always worried and they were, they were operating in fear that they couldn't do it, that it would fail. And so it just kept them under and they, in, in learning all of this stuff, they learned that, or I also learned that, um, if I find something that I, that I truly love to do, first of all, it's not going to feel like work. And second of all, the money is going to flow. The money is a sub sub subset of the, the, the fulfillment of what you're, what the abundance you feel when you're doing this work that you enjoy, the money is secondary. Yes. And, um, and it's true. It works. Amen. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it follows the money will follow it. It really yes. will. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you're saying this because my own story a little bit, I worked with a mentor in the UK. I've had her on the show. She's phenomenal, but she kind of picked up that I was doing that as well. I was a total mm-hmm. hoarder. I had a beautiful house. If you looked at it, it was gorgeous. But if you went down into the third level and opened the storage room, forget it. If you opened a closet, forget it. You know, I was saving it for a rainy day. I might need it. This could come in handy, blah, blah, blah. My closet. I mean, I'm sure the same with you, you know, yeah how many clothes have tags on that didn't get worn that I thought I was going to wear or things that didn't fit or you're right. Like the same thing. So going through my divorce, going through my kind of evolution of authenticity and really kind of finding myself, realizing that I was worthy, that I was worth fighting for, that I was enough. Yeah. I had to do a hard reset 
And she's the one who said, you need to get rid of everything. You need to get rid of everything. And so you don't have to, you do what you're comfortable doing. But if you have the strength for me personally, yeah, you need to get rid of everything and start fresh because not only that, but as an energy healer and intuitive things, hold energy, right? Mm-hmm. Wood and metal hold energy. Things mm-hmm. bring back memories, ring have trigger. So I did, I did an estate sale. Did you really put a tiny bit in storage of like family heirloom stuff for my kids? Tiny bit. I have a little PTSD sometimes with how much I actually got rid of, but, <laughs> but overall, <laughs> it was the right decision at the time and moved into a brand new small apartment in DC that had just been built. Nobody had lived there before. So it had clean energy, all windows, all new for so sparse, wow. like really so sparse. Like Maggie, it was so amazingly liberating. My idea was that whether I was going to move overseas, I was going to move to Texas, wherever my family there, whatever I was going to do, I didn't want to be encumbered by stuff. I didn't want to be a prisoner to things and stuff, but also because for so many of my years, even though we had abundance, I was operating from a place of lack. So it wasn't just lack, you know, abundance is a lot of things, right? It's, it's money, of course, but it's also love and connection and happiness. And I was just operating from a place of lack. And so I realized, okay, I'm really happy. My needs are being met. I don't need 20 pairs of leggings. I don't need all those shoes, you know, and I did it. And it was a little scary. It was a little, but it was so liberating. It was really, really liberating. And I think if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been as open to take the leap and take the job in Turkey, working with the wellness center, because I would have been too tied to my obligations. Yeah. You would have been encumbered with. Yeah. Well, but it is, uh, it's a, it's, um, I don't want to say scary. It's wonderful. It's invigorating, but it is really amazing how much of our, how much we are attached to mm -hmm. things and how much of that can be fear-based and we can start to process that fear and let go a little bit and start putting the energy towards what's important and feels good to us, how that stuff doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, well, what it is, is it's clearing, it's clearing so that, so that, um, new can come in. Yes. You have to make space for the new. You have to, it's like, it's, yep. it's so basic. And, um, and I have, I really have, um, when I think about how I've operated and, because I'm an entertainer. I love to create, I love to create ambiance in a party. I love to have people over. So I, Michelle in our house, our, our big house, um, our whole basement, I had those like, um, stainless steel racks, like, um, kitchen, kitchen racks on wheels. Mm-hmm. I had a whole wall in our basement packed. I, I ended up moving out of that house with 500 plates. Like, oh my gosh, Mary, <laughs> 500 plates and all kinds of entertainment pieces. Right. And, right. I mean, just a, a glassware for Christmas specific to Christmas. I mean, it was just, it was, cause I was the one that would uh, had all the baby showers and the bridal right. shower. Yeah, yeah. And my, one of my best friends um, for a while was a manager of a crate and barrel. So I would get all the stuff, <laughs> you know, rock bottom right. pieces. And I would be like, why would I rent anything? I, I could just buy a whole set of like themed paper, uh, themed plates or whatever. So, so for those anyway. of you who are listening and aren't watching, this will be up on YouTube later at some point, but for now it's, you know, listening, 
marries this beautiful woman, nice sparkly face, light eyes. She has long kind of flowy golden hair. She's wearing a really cool hat, kind of bohemian hat, um, very like fall looking and just so much sparkle coming out of her eyes. And it's just so nice to see this really um, more grounded. I mean, you were always great, but it's just a different look. It's a really, uh, it's a really nice look that you have going on. And I feel so, I feel so much lighter, like I said, and, and just freer, freer and calmer, more peace. Um, when I think about myself about two years ago, I, I don't know, I don't know how I was waking up every day. Like I was really in a bad, bad place with myself and my situation. And it had nothing to do with anyone else. I think that I was just hitting a wall um, avoiding myself and what I really needed to do to, um, experience my truth and my purpose. And it sounds so cliche. Um, but it's not, it's like, I, I, when I look back at that girl, oh, this is another thing that I wanted to share is that, um, uh, I had an experience. So about 2014, I went on a, on a, uh, a transformational retreat and it was in Boise, Idaho of all places. And I spent three three different weekends and it was this, it was this group that I had connected with and it was all, and it's just basically what I've just been experiencing in Susie's courses. Um, But it was like an intensive, you know, like three day, I would go out for a weekend, three different times to Boise. And when we were in this group, like we were a group of 27 people and we did all these exercises, like you had to stare in each other's eyes for an extended period of time. And like read the other person and try to understand who they are without even knowing them and uh, being like just teaching you how to be extremely vulnerable. And um, I got so much out of it. I mean, it was transformational for me, but one of the, one of the most, um, the most life-changing exercises that I did that I now do all the time is, and I keep a, I keep a picture of myself as a one-year-old girl my mom did like a black and white little studio portrait as a gift for my grandfather um, for his birthday. And I was turning one and it's so this sweet. beautiful, you know, like those quintessential sixties black and white pictures. Um, I had like a little curly with a little bow in my hair, <laughs> um, just this beautiful little child. Anyway, one of the exercises in the, in this transformational retreat I went on was um, we had to, it was a meditation and we had to sit and um, and uh, be in a be in a place. Go to my favorite place in my like my earliest memory as a child and go there and sit there. And um, this was about an hour long exercise. And we were in a dark room as a group. And you know it was just this unbelievable experience where I had to go and and have an encounter with my with my child who was me. Um, it was so powerful and so transformational that now I, I will always keep a picture of that little girl next to me so that that's the first thing that I see in the morning when I wake up or, you know, it's like right next to my mirror, basically when I get out of bed. Um, and I just, I just vow to her every morning that, or I I also, I, first of all, I ask her what she needs. That's Um, a good one. That's yeah. What do you need? 
what, what do you need from me today to make, to, for me to be the best for you? Mm -hmm. And, um, and also, um, I love you. You're precious. You're a gem, you're a treasure. And I'm here to take care of you. I vow to take care of you. Beautiful. Yeah. So I, that's one of my, that's one of the most powerful things that I say that I, I, that I um, put into practice now is that I, I have a responsibility to that little girl to be my best and to be my healthiest, to be my most truthful, because why would I want to hurt that little girl? Right. You know, it's like, it's like taking care of one of your own little kids. Yes. Why would I ever intend any kind of harm on that, on that little precious child? And it's the same. It's the way we look at ourselves. We have to look at ourselves the same way. We have to nurture ourselves greatly, you know? I mean, I do a healing visualization with clients, um, which is that exact same exercise in my retreats. Yeah. And what we also add in there is I'm a big, I'm a big with wings. We do a lot of with our own wings, like our own energy wings, hugging yourself, hugging our inner child. But as letting that little girl know, our little boy, if you're a man listening, that inner child, that little kid, right? Yeah. Once you found this memory, like you found this happy time in this early childhood is then also letting them know you made it and yeah. you're okay. And yeah. I love you. Yes. And and where you are now, it's like, you're okay. You made it through everything to this point. And yeah. sometimes you apologize for losing track of it or for things that happened, but it's like, I love you and you made it through. And I'm so glad we're reconnecting and just hugging that little girl, hugging that little girl, that little boy that is you yourself with so much love of like, wow, look where our life went. Look, we made it through and knowing really having confidence that the best is yet to come, that all the hopes and dreams, that little tiny child hasn't even been scratched yet, but it's coming. It is coming. It's true. And and the, other, the other thing to do is to, to have a real, um, a real heart to heart with that, that little child and, and seek forgiveness. Yes. Because when we are, when we're not true to ourselves, we're harming that little child. Right. And, um, and they understand, you know, it's like, yeah. Self-forgiveness is so important and nobody teaches it. We need to start teaching that to our children. We need to start teaching that just in society. Yeah. Because that little little child is giving you grace. You know, you wake up and it's a new day. It's a new opportunity to start fresh and just be your best self. Um, As a parent, just, you know, us both being parents and a lot of the people listening our parents, but I also have a lot of young, young people listen, you know, <laughs> a lot of millennials and Gen Z who listen to this and learn from us, start doing this now early, right? There is no late. Sometimes Mary and I will say we're late to the game. We're really not. We're waking up. We woke up when we're supposed to, this was something that was predetermined. Right. But for those of you who are young, who are in your teens or twenties or early thirties, who are hearing this now and are starting it now, it's so wonderful. You're going to be so much further ahead in some ways than us, but yes. start doing it now. It's really beautiful. And yeah. For those of you who have little kids or teenagers or older kids, it doesn't matter. This exercise that Mary and I are talking about that we've done for ourselves, you can actually do this for your child as well. You can take yourself back into a meditation and visualize your child. It doesn't matter if they're 10, if they're 30, go back to a time when they're little 
and ask them for forgiveness and tell them you're doing the best that you could and how much you love them unconditionally and how much they should be proud of themselves and just build that connection of love with that little tiny child because it's natural as parents, we make mistakes and sometimes we can beat ourselves up for it, but it doesn't mean that there aren't also some issues that we might feel with our children that we don't have to have that face-to-face one-on-one. It's great if you can, but we can't all do that. But you can go back in a meditation to that little child and do the exact same thing. And you'll be amazed at how much that helps. You don't have to ever even tell them. That's powerful. Thank you for telling me about that and reminding me about that, because that is, that is definitely something that I'm, I'm going to practice myself because my kids, you know, we're just, I, I remember being a young mom and, um, and listening to some message on the radio or something. And it was this woman saying how, how she, she just, the message that I, I remember very vividly was, and I just took it on as, as like such a powerful statement was when I pray for my kids and I pray for myself, I'm praying to save them from my inadequacies and save them from my failures, protect wow. them from what I'm capable of doing to cause them pain and harm unknowingly. And, um, and I know I've caused my, my kids terrible pain and harm just by, just by existing and, and, and same here. And you got, we got to let that go making, making dumb choices, but, um, and look what a great example you are now though of growth and forgiveness and resilience, right? I think that, um, and this is something I have struggled with and, and I did get some advice about it from, from my therapist in that, you know, what if my kids don't accept my transformation right away? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's yeah. actually hurtful to, to feel as free and, um, and flowing as I am at the moment and, and to have maybe a, a kid or two of mine that just isn't ready to see me in a, in a better place or isn't what it, I I know that a lot of that has to do with themselves and where they are with themselves. Um, because I was there with my own mom. Right. And I remember being very bitter and angry because of the, the, the pain that she's caused me completely unknowingly. But, um, I just know that the, the deeper that I can go to be my best and to really transform myself it will only impact them. It's true. And, and the more you can and yourself. encourage them to do the same. Right. That's it's very I true. I will tell you and anybody else out there listening, the more you can do for yourself and the more you start to really feel comfortable with yourself and knowing that you're really doing it from the right reasons and that this is real, the less you'll have triggers to that, the less it will hurt your feelings because it does hurt. Nothing hurts more than when we know our kids are upset with us because we did something wrong, right? It's the worst feeling because that our children are obligation. We want to protect them. We love them. And it doesn't always come across in a way that they need. I'll often say there is a time through my divorce and my, you know, difficulty. I didn't love my daughter the way she needed to be loved. And she was 12, 13, 14. These were Mm -hmm. pivotal years. I was her mom. I was trying to take care of myself. I was there for every meal, every carpool, you know, don't get me wrong, but the emotional connection, the love that she needed wasn't coming across from me the way it needed to. I didn't even love myself at the time. I didn't even know about that. Right. So totally, I totally relate to that, Michelle. 
So I, of course, have, you know, shown, asked for forgiveness to some degree. We're still working on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a good relationship now. It doesn't mean there aren't things that have to be healed. There's no question there's things that have to be healed there. But the more that you love yourself and the behavior will start to show that it is the whole lead by example, right? They'll start to see it. They'll start to see that this is real. This isn't a phase. This is authentic. The more that you embody love and exude love, the more patience you'll have as well. And the more you won't be triggered by these feelings and know that it's okay. This is part of their journey too, right? This is part of their journey and everything that they've learned, even the difficult things because the relationship is giving them strength and resilience in a different way. Mm -hmm. They're learning from it too. So we can all, we can't change the past. We've got to let it go. Right. We can just start from here, moving forward and from yeah. here, moving forward, love, lots of love. Yeah. Lots well, of what love. I've really come to grips with recently, this has been a recent, um, in some of my recent work that I've been doing on myself is that I understand now that I gave my kids everything. In fact, sometimes way too much and mm-hmm. saved them from struggles and took their lunch to them if they forgot it at school. I mean, always. Those- always always compensating and, and making sure everything was everything was all their needs were met and then when when divorce was in you know in play um and we were trying and my ex-husband and I were trying to figure ourselves out um I I just know I've 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 said this I've said this to Lolly recently I said you know I, I know that I gave you everything you needed. And when you guys needed me the most, I wasn't there emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was more, um, freaking out and living in fear and trying to figure myself out and taking care of myself and, and just lost, just spinning, com- completely spinning, um, that I, you know, and I'm sorry. I, I've, yeah. I've to say it, but that's, that's what I know is that the that apology period- and asking for forgiveness and forgiving ourselves is really important. Um, you know, it's, and I think it means a lot to our kids. They don't, they're not used to their parents apologizing or really taking ownership for the role they played yeah. in it, not being defensive and being, you're right. I did not show up for you the way that I would do now, the way I, if I could go back, I would, I've said, if I could go back and change that, I would. And right. like, but that's not, we can only move forward, right. right? But I think it goes a long way. I will say as much as I love talking about this, because I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I don't want to like us to go back to that either. Right. So right. when we're done with this zoom interview with this podcast, we're going to do a little clearing. We're going to clear some of this energy because yeah. it's all wonderful and beautiful, but sometimes it gets stuck. When yeah. we talk about the past, our body doesn't know the difference if it's happening now or then. And we're tied to it. And that's really important. I talk a lot on this podcast about not dwelling in the past because Mm -hmm. then you're living in that story and we don't want to live in that story anymore. We're living in the story now. So Mary and I are sharing this with you guys because if you are out there, we want you to find maybe some inspiration. Maybe you can relate to our story and know that life is, yes, it's a marathon. That's cliche, but it's an evolution and it gets better and better. And if you find yourself in a place that doesn't feel good, hang in there because it's going to get better love yourself more, forgive yourself and see how, what we've been through. That's why I love the share your story episodes is 
because I'm sure so much that you said today, Mary, is resonating with certain people and knowing that there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's so much light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, yes. and, yeah. And the thing is, we never actually get to the end, right? So we have to enjoy where we are now. And how yes. do you enjoy where you are now, right? How do you do that? Well, yeah. hopefully we've shared some tips today on how you do that. You love Staying yourself. Present. Staying present is so Stay present. Key. And loving yourself and seeing the positives around. And for Mary, putting the picture of that little girl, right? For looking in the mirror and telling herself the things that she loves about herself, of trying new things and finding that she can take care of herself. Yeah. You know, so. One, um, one thing I wanted to share with you is that um, I do have a major mantra that I'm, that I'm living by right now. Sorry, my, my uh, computer's beeping. Um, this, is, this is something that I say over and over all day long that... Um, that everything, everything, the little things, the big things, everything is happening for me, not to me. So if I, if I look at every single thing that happens for me, it means that it's all working together for good. Even the bad stuff, even the struggles, it's happening for me. If I hadn't gone through that situation in Texas, I would not be where I am right now. That was happening for me. It caused me to dig deep. It caused me to stop and reset and get back home and and get grounded again and get myself understood. Absolutely. Because we come in this world alone and we, we leave alone. And it is our job to make sure that we take care of ourselves. And um, because if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of everyone else. Absolutely. Well, let's use that. So I end every show um, with a mantra or a positive affirmation. So I love that. So I'm going to tell everybody listening today, write this down a sticky note, put it on your mirror, say it to yourself several times in a row, several times a day throughout the next week. So um, let's say it together just a couple of times, Mary. So everything Everything is happening happening for me, me, not not to me. Okay. Everything is happening for me, not to me. Amen. Amen. I'll put that in the show notes. It'll be written there. I'll put links to Mary if you want to contact her um, and to Susie Batez. Maybe I'll put her, there'll be links in the show notes. So anything we're talking about today, you can always contact me um, at you lost me at namaste on Instagram or Michelle at michelleschoenfeld.com. And before we go, because I know you have someplace to be, boy, did this hour go quickly. It's almost an hour and a half at this point. Can you share with us, Mary, what's coming next? What's next for you? Oh, my gosh. So if, if you had asked me last year at this time that, that I would be doing what I'm doing right now, I'd call you crazy. Um, and this is I've been dabbling in the, in the TV business for a while. Um, so my main bread and butter right now is my interior design business. So I've ramped that back up and I, and I had an opportunity to work with Maggie um, uh, on their Willard, Willard Hotel project during COVID, which was such a blessing. I was able to stay home and help them um, refresh Peacock Alley and work on the grand ballroom downstairs. And then, um, which has yet to happen because there's a lot going on in that project, but I was blessed to be able to work through the pandemic and being in lockdown. And um, I have a darling friend who's now a client of mine who's renovating her house. And also we're designing and building a house in Rehoboth Beach. 
Wonderful. Fabulous projects that I'm working on. So excited about, and I've never had a project that I've been so turned on and alive um, because I basically am doing exactly what I would do for myself. And they love everything I, that so you fun. Know, they love it. And they, there's such an amazing trust factor with us that, that makes this so enjoyable and so fun. Um, but I'm also um, executive producing a reality show and um, I can't really talk about it, but it's this fabulous new spin on the modern family. Um, and I have a very gut feeling that we could be um, taking place of the Kardashians. I'll just say oh, that. Fantastic. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. That out. <laughs> so excited. Well, You'll have to come back on. Um, maybe we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive in this Susie Batiste and the Alive program. And yes. then you can fill us in on the progre- progress. Yes. Yes. Um, and how about you? Are we going to get to see you on the screen anytime? I don't know. We'll see. I, okay. I, uh, I, uh, I've been, I'm involved in a, in a film also. So I, I have an acting opportunity in a film next. It's, we're going to shoot next September on Martha's Vineyard. And it's this darling coming of age story. And I play the mother of the lead male role. And there it's these two, two teenagers that fall in love on Martha's Vineyard, very unexpected couple. Um, so yeah. Oh my God. I'm so excited. All right. So good things coming for Mary Amos. Well, thank you so much, Mary. You have been a complete delight on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be, um, reconnected with you and, um, sharing our lights together and beaming as we are <laughs> in this world and sharing our truth and our stories um, because um, they're inspiring. And that's, that's how, that's how we touch people is by sharing our, our authenticity, our truth, our struggles um, and being vulnerable and so that other people will. Absolutely. Very well said. I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. And you I look too. forward to Thank you. Thank you. I want to come visit in Turkey. Yes, please do. Oh my gosh. Well, definitely 2022. Yes. We'll make that happen. Never been there. <laughs> a nice little detox and relaxation before you start filming. Yes. Would like love it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, until next time, know that you're worthy. You're enough. You're born for a reason. I'm your host, Michelle Schoenfeld. And until next time, namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.